I am Lesha Holzaffel, and you're listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, a podcast for moms who are ready to lose the weight they want without gaining it back by learning the holistic approach to nutrition and how our brains determine our long-term success. Welcome to the Fit Mom Squad. Welcome back to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. Today is a special episode because it is our very first guest on the podcast. So today we have Sean Miner. Sean is a nutritionist, mindset expert, podcaster, online educator, and entrepreneur with a passion for empowering women to live the life of their dreams. Using a holistic, intuitive approach to wellness, plus the energetic power of her thoughts, emotions, and actions, Sean was able to go from a rock-bottom low into her dream life full of health, love, success, and freedom. A Midwestern girl turned mountain-loving foodie living in Boulder, Colorado, Sean has now built a health-conscious platform that encourages women to explore all aspects of themselves, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually through her top-rated mindset podcast, Unstuck, her membership community, and inspiring online courses. So you want to tune in today, pay attention. We're talking all things diet mindset, limiting beliefs, how your thoughts are leaving you stuck. We talk about the keto diet and diets in general. It's a really good episode. All right. So here we go. Welcome to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, Sean. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me. I'm happy to chat with you and all your listeners today. I'm so glad to have you here. So I want to get started by talking about who you are and kind of your story. So I want to first start off by saying that I've been following you for a very long time. When I started keto, I remember I found your podcast, Keto for Women. Mm-hmm. And I binge listened to it. I remember like driving to Cleveland and listening to all your episodes where you were talking about like how you get um, produce delivered to you. Mm-hmm. And you're, I don't know if you still do that. And you were talking about what you were making and you were talking about supplements. So I learned a lot from you as it relates to keto. And then I noticed, because I've been following you on Instagram, that you've made a change and you've transitioned to something different. You started a whole new podcast called Unstuck. So what made you switch gears? What was this transition all about? Yeah, it was, it's been quite the transition, something that was coming for a long time now that I think back to it. But, you know, I have a really, really long story that I'll try not to bore you all with, but it, there are some key points that I think we kind of define me. And I think it's it's important to talk about. So it kind of starts for me back in 2008 when I was diagnosed with my first autoimmune disease, which was ulcerative colitis. And at the time, I didn't think much of it. I was big in the fitness world. I um, have spent, I spent 11 years uh, being in the fitness world. And so I was just kind of going about my business, not really doing anything, taking the medication that the doctor told me to take, which was nine pills a day, kind of a lot, kind of annoying, but did it anyway. And then for some reason, a few years after that, something clicked where it was like, I don't think this is the answer. I don't want this to be my life. I don't want to be taking medication every day. There's got to be something else I can be doing. So of course the doctor was like, nope, 
nothing else. Take this medication, go away, basically. So that night I went to Dr. Google (laughs) and in a matter of moments was able to find so many stories of women people, I guess, but I'm so focused on women's health that I always go there, on people who had healed and reversed their autoimmune conditions by changing their diet. So that really sparked something in me and really was the kicking off point to this entire journey where at that point, I literally the next day cleaned out my cupboards, cleaned out my uh, fridge and started over (laughs) with my food choices and went to a more real food, quote unquote, paleo style diet. So that was about six and a half, seven years now ago, and it completely changed my life. Yes, my autoimmune disease, I was able to at least get off some of the medication. It didn't totally cover that, but I felt a lot better. My symptoms were a lot better and I was able to reduce my medications. Um, So I was feeling really good and I really felt like that was the path. And then out of nowhere, I started feeling sick again, and not in the same way, not the same symptoms, uh, totally different random symptoms that I just literally could not put my finger on. And I should also mention that at this time, I had gotten so deep and so fascinated by this nutrition aspect that I uh, decided to make that my career. And I went and started becoming a nutritional therapy practitioner. I was going through school at the time. And my health started to deteriorate. I felt like I was doing everything right. I was eating exactly what I felt I should be eating. I was working out exactly as I should be eating. And I still felt terrible, like worse and worse every day. Um, Brain fog, fatigue, weight gain, joint pain, um, like inability, got to a point, inability to do the workouts I was used to doing, again, as personal trainer and being in the fitness industry and all that stuff. So it was very confusing. It was a very weird place for me to be. And again, very long story short, ended up being um, a toxic mold exposure and an illness caused by toxic mold exposure. At the time, I was living in the basement of a home that had been um, in a flood and X, Y, Z. So anyway, uh, I finally got to that. I was doing a protocol for that. I was seeing doctor after doctor about that. And these were all kind of naturopathic functional medicine doctors who were helping me get through that and heal from that. And in the process, I, as a nutritionist at this point was like, what, um, like, what else can I do to support myself here? I just want to feel a little bit better. I just want some of these symptoms to go away just a little bit so I can feel somewhat normal again. Because at that point, I was in the lowest of all lows. I was barely leaving my house. I was going right back to bed as soon as I got up. I was barely able to keep my personal training business and my nutrition business going at the time. And I was basically a mess uh, and had lost the life that I loved. Uh, So that was when I turned to keto. And that's when keto came into my life. And at the same time, because I was in such a low point in my life, I also turned to my mindset because I realized that I was so negative. I felt so bad for myself. I was so confused and disappointed and frustrated and angry and all these emotions every single day, I would look at my body. I wouldn't notice who I was in, or I wouldn't recognize who I was in the mirror. And I would just feel so much negativity towards myself and the illness and what had happened to me. 
and how much my, my life had changed. And I kept going into this spiral of depression. So basically, uh, this was now three and a half years ago, I started keto and I started my mindset journey. Keto was magnificent for me. It took me from this place of just my body falling apart to wellness, to actually a point of health that I had never known possible. Uh, I felt better over the course of about, it took about a year and a half to completely get everything situated and feel amazing. But I got there and keto was the support system that led me there. But at the same time, and this is, you know, I was so effective for me. Keto was so effective for me that I began teaching it to women because I found out a lot of information along the way myself that I thought applied to other women and they needed to know. But then in the background, I was also doing this really important transformative mindset journey, Um, this practice that I had developed that was completely changing my thoughts and emotions and experiences and just totally opened the doors to everything I've ever wanted in life and gave me the opportunity to have dreams and make them a reality and just all this stuff happening behind the scenes. And I kept it very private and very, very personal as I went down this keto road. And then, sorry, this story is getting longer and longer, but I can't, there's so much to go through, (laughs) Uh, but this will really answer everything. So um, as I was going through and then now teaching keto to women, which I did so for a about three years. Um, as I was doing that, I was working with thousands of women. And the one commonality between all those women was that they wanted to be healthy. They wanted to potentially change their body in some capacity. Obviously, most of them were wanting to lose weight, some wanting to gain weight or, or something, gain muscle, something like that, lose fat. They wanted to change their body in some way. Um, They wanted to get healthy. They wanted to relieve symptoms. They wanted all these things, but they were literally only looking at their physical health, their physical body, what they could do physically to change that. And they were completely missing this huge, huge piece to the puzzle, which was their mental, emotional, and energetic, spiritual health because you can't just do it physically. That's like such a small piece to the puzzle. And for some reason, and I think it obviously just because of conditioning from the outside world, we're just really focused on like physical, 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 like what diet can I do? What workout can I do? What supplement can I take? What medication do I need to feel differently or to get what I want? Um, But without ever considering what's going on in our head. And I just like couldn't, it got to the point after that three years where I was like, I've done my work with keto. I've taught everything I know. I feel really complete there. But now I have something further to do. There's something deeper here that we need to get to. And it was something I had been doing now in my own journey. And it helped me so incredibly much. But I've kept, I had kept it very private to now being like, I have something more to share. Like I have to get this out there. And so that's where really Keto for Women was complete for me and Unstuck was ready for me and was ready to bring out to the world. So that's why I made that transition. So I think it's, it's fascinating that you say that because that's totally me. I was so focused on just 
the the food and the workouts and I wasn't paying attention to mental stuff at all either mm-hmm. just until last year and I started experiencing all these issues with my personal health like thyroid high cortisol and gut stuff which I looked at, I was like almost mad at my body. I was like, what did, what did I do to you? I'm eating so well. I'm Mm -hmm. exercising. I know all the things, but I was missing the mental piece. I wasn't looking, focusing on my stress or my mental health or any of that stuff. And it's such a big piece of the puzzle. And I think that when we want to lose weight, we just look at the the outside stuff, like you said, we don't really consider the power of our brains and our minds as it relates to weight loss. And I mean, I didn't really notice or hear you talk about that stuff. So when you started talking about it, I was like, whoa, where is this coming from? Like, this is like a whole new perspective. And then I hear you talk a lot about manifestation and like meditation and all those things that we don't really consider are connected to weight loss. Yeah. Which they totally are. Yeah. So I want to talk about the diet mindset that a lot of us have, because I feel like it starts there. What are these behaviors? Like if somebody was to come to you and, and they're like, okay, I you know, I want to lose weight, but I'm struggling with this, that, or another, or what is it that you found that a lot of women have that block us from the whole mental weight type of thing? And what are those things? What are the signs? What are their behaviors? Yeah. I mean, really the diet mindset comes down to one thing. And that is if you are being guided or following a way of eating that isn't based on you that isn't based on the intuitive part of you, what your body needs, what your body wants, what is right for you. And really there are very few people in this world that do that. Um, That is what I have found over the years of doing all this, just being in the wellness industry in general is we are so, so inundated with external forces, especially when it comes to our diet, like our food choices. There is literally, you can pick up any single food in the entire grocery store And there will be somebody somewhere who has created a rule around that food. Like that food's not good for you. That food causes this. That food will make you gain weight. That food has too much sodium. That food has too much sugar. Like every, it could be a zucchini and there will still be somebody somewhere who says it's not good for you. And, you know, the diet industry is a huge, huge industry. I want to say it's like 56 billion dollars every year go into the industry that basically makes you fear food, makes you feel like you don't know what you should be eating and you have to listen to somebody else in order to know what to eat. And that's bogus. And it just gets me so worked up because I also spent, gosh, 20 to 25 years dieting and having food rules and restrictions and trying to diet harder and trying to restrict more foods and doing everything I could basically in an effort to change the shape of my body. It was never enough. It was never right. It was never good enough. I always had to do something and I turned to food. That was honestly for me, the easiest thing to do was to just eat a little differently. It was way easier than working on my mindset at the time. So I'm glad I finally broke that. But, um, 
but yeah, so for anybody out there who has not spent the time uh, really understanding what their body is telling them and connecting to their own inner guidance system, which every single one of us has, and it works in every single realm of life, including what you put on your plate, your body will guide you. But if you've, which we, which we all have, if you've been inundated with these messages and with this industry telling you not to trust yourself, then you, that connection may have been broken and it may have been broken for years. And so it's a, it's a matter of restoring that, but it definitely will look like labeling. Any time you label a food, whether it's like, I can or can't eat that, I should or shouldn't eat that, that's too high fat, that's too high carb, that's too many calories, that's, you know, any label. And like I said, you, you could potentially have a label for every single food. But anything that is something that you've internalized based on what someone has told you other than yourself is uh, a diet mentality. That's where it all comes from. And, uh, you know, diet most commonly is associated with wanting to change your physical body. But now there are also quite a few healing diets where it's not, it's a diet, still a diet because it's still labeling food, but now it's seen as in an effort to wellness, in an effort to feel better, in an effort to reduce your inflammation, you know, I mean, there's so, again, so many labels. So you may also be now on a wellness diet or a healing diet. And again, you can't see, you can see, but the listeners can't see. I'm using air quotes with all of this because I really just honestly hate the word diet in general. But even that is still diet mentality wrapped up in a wellness or health package, but it's still a diet. And again, all you need to know is, or ask yourself is, am I labeling these foods? Am I putting labels on foods? Am I tracking my food using an app? Am I, um, these are all dieting behaviors. Am I restricting my food, like not eating when I'm hungry or eating when I'm not hungry, eating on a schedule? All of this is just showing a complete disconnect to your inner guidance system. I am eliminating carbs and sugar from my diet because of my thyroid and my cortisol and my gut issues. And based on my research, I know that those foods are bad for that because they feed that disease and they make the conditions worse. So for me, that's a personal choice because I feel better. So is that still having a diet mindset, even though I'm doing it for my health? I'm not saying like, I will never have those foods again, or, or like, I'm not like restricting myself. I just know I choose not to eat them because they're helping me heal and feel better. So is there a difference between that? Or is that still in your mind, like diet mentality? Well, that depends. Now, if it's strictly because you know, for a fact, without a doubt, you've tried it, uh, your body has guided you away from those foods because you feel good not eating those foods and you know that, then no, then you are just using your own internal guidance system. But if you've just assumed that because the research says that eating XYZ causes XYZ or makes XYZ worse, and so you're just assuming without knowing that for yourself, 
uh, that that's the case and you're like, cool, then all of that, that entire category of food is out for me because I have these things and because the research shows, then that's still your external factors guiding your internal choices. Um, like for instance, say that I always use sweet potatoes as an example because it's something that so many people, you know, if you're on keto or low sugar, or low carb, you eliminate. And sweet potatoes are A, delicious. Yes, they are. <laughs> I <laughs> and do love them. B, like one of the best foods for you on the planet. Yes, I and agree. C, like completely natural, completely uh, uh, earth made, you know, if we call it that. And so a lot of people eliminate sweet potatoes. If you are in this place where you know, you sh- like whatever XYZ thing you have, low thyroid or whatever, for example, um, someone recommends going low carb, then you're like, cool, sweet potatoes are out. Never going to eat, not going to eat them for three months and see what happens. Then that's external. But if you're like, okay, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try to find the carbohydrates that make me feel good and make me not feel good. If you try a sweet potato and continue to add that and you feel really good, that's internal. That makes you feel good. Even if someone else said that you got to be low carb, sweet potatoes make you feel good. So eat the sweet potato. If you eat sweet potatoes and you feel bad, like you feel tired, um, you experience more symptoms of low thyroid or adrenal dysfunction, uh, you um, break out, you get bloated, you know, there's tons of symptoms. If you feel bad, then don't eat the sweet potato. Right. Listen to your body. That's what I tell yeah. my clients all the time. Like, listen to your body. It will tell you. Yes. And the one thing, like, I love research when it comes to nutrition, especially I'm a nutritionist. I love learning about it. But we still have to be really honest with ourselves and say that nutrition is a very understudied uh, place and it's very behind. Uh, And that is why you can, and just honestly, research and studies in general, they're so misguided. You have to look at who's funding the study. Exactly. And there's just so much misinformation and we go by studies and, and then we go by the experts and we go by all this. And you can find an expert in every single form of eating. You can find a research article that um, supports every single form of eating. Exactly. And that is why it all just basically cancels out. I know. Research might, you can find one study that will say eat low carb for thyroid. And then literally the next study will say eat high carb for thyroid. (laughs) Yeah, I exactly found the, that exact yes, thing. Yes. I was looking up like best diet for thyroid to see if keto would support it. And one article said like, no, you should eat carbs. Keto's so bad mm-hmm. for thyroid. The other one's like, keto's healing for thyroid. I was like, okay, this yes. is where I just experiment on myself. Yes, That's exactly. That I can do at this point because I agree. You don't know who funds the studies. If mm-hmm. you really look back to a lot of these big studies, they're funded by food companies that are have their own agenda. And that's like a whole nother podcast episode. But you really have to be careful with that because again, everybody can contradict and show you a study that contradicts what you're saying. Mm-hmm. That's why I love like your body's never going to guide you in the wrong direction if you actually listen to it. And if you actually take the time to build that muscle, you will never be misguided and you will never have to look at another study or take someone else's advice 
ever again. And it is the most freeing, wonderful, beautiful relationship with food you will ever have. So speaking of that, then I want to ask you, do you think that someone can follow a restrictive diet such as keto without having a diet mindset or becoming obsessed with the specific food group like carbs? Because I see people that have done keto for a long time and it's just like the way that they live. They don't have a problem with it. But I feel like all the new people that are trying keto are now just obsessing over carbs, Mm -hmm. obsessing over the fact that they can't get into keto ketosis or staying into ketosis. And like, that's like their only goal. They're like, I just want to be in ketosis and this Mm -hmm. isn't working. And then their card, they're counting every single carb and they're tracking everything. So is it possible to follow a restrictive diet without having this diet mindset? Or do you think that eventually because of the restriction, your brain will just automatically go there? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's so many different facets and levels to this. Um, what I will say is that if you're, if you are someone who really does need to be in ketosis to heal your physical body or to heal whatever is going on with you, then your intuition, again, that inner guidance system will guide you into ketosis. You will crave high fat, high protein foods, and you will not look, you will see like a croissant and it won't look appealing. You won't want that. If you're really, truly tapped in, tuned in to that inner guidance system, most people aren't right. So then we are thinking that we're going in that direction, but then if we're really thinking about it and really do look into ourselves a little deeper, we do want carbs. Carbs do sound good. That sweet potato looks delicious. (laughs) And that would be really satisfying right now. So that is where there's a lot of um, like imposters almost in the keto community where I think even the people that have done it for years and years, they're not, if they're really truly being honest with themselves, then uh, they would allow, quote unquote, allow all these words that I don't like when it comes to food, uh, a sweet potato or an apple or some grapes or something like that uh, now and then. So I just, I think that still with the label, the labels always do damage. And even the keto label is, Uh, very tricky. And especially now, like more so than ever before. And this is where I want to get into a little bit of a rant about keto because first of all, caveat, just letting you know that I love keto. Like I said, it totally gave me my health and my life back, but it's a healing protocol. It is not a weight loss diet. It is not built louder. (laughs) Yeah. It's not meant for that. It's not built for that. It was never created for that purpose. And of course, that diet industry, that $56 billion industry got a hold of it um, as it started gaining gaining more traction and has changed what it is and what it means and what it does completely. And it promises weight loss that is is not normal. Some people, yes depending on what they're healing, what their body needs to be healed and how your um, body responds and all that stuff. But the vast majority, no, 
it does not provide this massive like weight loss that everyone seems to think is going to happen. So I do just want to get that out there and remind anybody who is doing keto that I just want you to consider why. Why are you doing that? Do you actually have something that needs to be healed that when you are in ketosis, it makes you feel really good and you are seeing that healing happen? Um, You should be seeing progress towards getting well. Uh, You should be feeling better and better and better each day. If you don't, hey, that's a sign. That's a sign. Um, And so again, if you can really tap in to your intuition a little deeper, you won't have to question that. You won't even say I'm on keto or I'm not, I'm trying keto, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Again, diets go out the window because it's just what your body is leading you to do. Yeah, you may spend days in ketosis. You may spend days not in ketosis. You may spend months years in ketosis, you may not, you may eat all the carbs because your body is feeling and telling you that that is the fuel that it wants and needs and will do well with at that moment. So again, rant, (laughs) rant done, but I do just want to get that out there because it needs to be, we need to bring it back. Like I really want to recenter what keto actually is and always has been. Yeah. I say that all the time. Like keto is not new. It's been here since 1920s for therapeutic reasons. And that's how, what it was designed to do. But now it's just turned into the next weight loss fad. And honestly, it's almost made me not even want to say that I'm doing keto mm-hmm. anymore because yeah. I feel like when people ask me or when I talk about how I eat, And if I ever say keto, I just see the eye roll, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, so you eat like cheese and bacon all day. I'm like, actually, I do not eat (laughs) cheese and bacon, but they see it as this just fat, eating fat all day and the next new thing to lose weight. And that's not what it is. And again, I tell people all the time, like if you love eating carbs, if you feel good on carbs, then you shouldn't do keto. Like Mm -hmm. don't force yourself and make your, make your body do something that you don't want to do right? just to lose weight or it's the next new thing or it's something that you want to try because your coworker tried it and lost 10 pounds in a week. It frustrates me too, because it's turned into like, like again, a fad and companies are taking advantage of it, making all this keto products and all this keto junk food, which now people are gaining weight mm-hmm. on keto and they're not even getting the weight loss that they started keto to get. So it's like, just eat normal then. Just yeah. Don't yeah. eat, you know, don't eat the foods that make just you get feel rid bad. of all the labels. It's that easy. Get rid of the labels, focus on you, learn what makes you feel good. Like not only what makes you feel good physically, I think that's something that we can tap into pretty easily, but what makes you feel good mentally and emotionally? Like food is not just a physical process. We have, you know, really good moments that involve food. So it's an an emotion. I mean, it's a mental and emotional process too. the act of eating and choosing your food and it should feel good. You should feel complete after you have a meal, you should feel nourished. You should feel satisfied. Um, you should feel content and happy. Uh, you should feel pleasure with your food. It's more than just the act of eating, um, the physical act of eating. There's so much more to it. So just to start, act, ask yourself, do I, does this sound good to me physically, mentally, and emotionally? Um, so much of 
I mean, think, I think practically all emotional eating, like the binge eating, the emotional eating tendencies, those all stem from a diet mindset. They all stem from that idea of lack when it comes to food or of restriction or control, not being able to eat what you want to eat, having those um, labels. So even just being able to um, step back from that and really tapping in and asking yourself these questions, then you're kind of always eating emotionally, but it's not like this like crazy binge fest, like I can't control anything. I, I'm eating because of my emotions. It's like, no, I'm eating to fuel what feels good in me. And it's so great. So I got to ask you, what is your diet like now or your diet? I know you hate the word, but I just think of like diet <laughs> like, way of eating. Everybody's on a diet. So mm-hmm. what is, what does that look like for you right now? For me, it is all over the place. I still gravitate to, you know, real food, quote unquote, real food. Like I love it. I love vegetables. I love good, high quality meats. I do still Um, I have the means to select high quality foods and organic foods and things like that. So that's what I do. It's really important to me in that regard, but I don't, I'm not on any sort of plan or protocol or anything like that. Some days I eat all the carbs. Some days I don't eat very many. Some days I eat all the food. Some days I'm not that hungry. Um, or I'm just, you know, out doing things and I don't feel the need to eat. I, uh, eat, Sometimes I eat grains, sometimes I eat sugar, sometimes I eat uh, legumes, you know, all these things that I have previously restricted at some point in my life. I have no restrictions, Um, literally zero restrictions. The only thing is because of my past with autoimmune disease and knowing how I feel when I do eat it, I I do stay away from gluten and that's it. Everything else is fair game. Uh, but yeah, I just know for a fact that I don't feel good when I eat gluten. So I don't do that. And I don't feel good when I eat a ton of sugar. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think we all kind of may have our threshold and yes. I, you know, I don't want to eat a ton of that because my joints start feeling achy. I get super tired, you know, all that stuff. So, um, I don't eat a ton of it, but if it happens to be around and it sounds really good, then I'm eating it and it's fine. So okay. yeah, it's, it's a really nice place to be. That's I amazing. can tell you, yeah, someone that has been restricted with diets literally since eighth grade, it's like a whole new world that I can't even explain, but it's wonderful. So how do you get to that place? Um, for me, it started with want, like giving up the desire to change my body. It wow. came with body acceptance, body respect, self-love, self-care, um, and just being done with that. Like I was over it. I was so over that. So did you wake up one day and you're just like, I'm done. I'm over this. Kind of. Over yeah. I mean, kind of. You know, what was, what was really, you know, not that I, I wish this on anyone, but what was really good for me is getting to that really low spot where I had lost so much in my life and I wasn't living the life I dreamed of. Uh, I got to that point and it was like, oh my gosh, now I see what really matters in life, which is that I make connections and I have love and I have fun and I find pleasure in my every single day and I make the best of every single moment and I enjoy the present moment. Um, All this stuff came to light as to what really mattered and who I really was. And it wasn't my physical body. It had nothing to do with my physical body. I could do all of those things with the 40 pounds I had gained as I was getting sick I could still do all those things. I could still have all those things and I could still be that person, 
at that size. I didn't yeah. have to be a certain size to enjoy my life. And a part of this, my story that I didn't share is that I also um, competed in a figure competition six, I don't remember, a long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> I saw ago. those pictures on Instagram. But, yeah, where I got to a real, I, I really um, depleted myself to get to a really low body weight. And I realized at that point, that was a very big pivotal moment for me in that being at my quote unquote ideal body mm-hmm. didn't bring me anything. It didn't make me happier. Yeah. It didn't make me more confident. It didn't make me more peaceful. It didn't make me more successful. It didn't make me more beautiful. Nothing like that. Isn't that ironic? Yeah. We think that we'll be happy when we reach a certain weight or a certain dress size. And then we finally get there. We do everything. We fight tooth and nail. We're there. We're like, huh, where's all, where's the happiness? You still have problems. You still deal with emotional things. You still have happy moments, unhappy moments, but it's not like all of a sudden your life is just rainbows and butterflies because you're skinny. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it really never, ever works that way. That is why you have to do that inner work on yourself and your mindset, your beliefs, your thoughts, your emotions. You have to do all of that in order to actually get what you want. And what we want is not uh, to lose 10 pounds or to be a size two or whatever you your goal is. That's not what you actually want. What you want is what you think that goal is going to bring you, how that goal is going to make you feel that you are going to be happier, more accepted, more confident when you get there. And you'll find out it doesn't work if you go about it that way. But what we don't realize is we can have all of that now. We do have. Yes. We can have all of that right now. You can be more confident now. You can be happier now. It's all within you but we are pushing that away. We are getting in our own way by going about it in the opposite direction. So like you're literally never happy. Yeah. So let's talk about the limiting beliefs really quick. There's people, a lot of my clients have a lot of limiting beliefs, especially when it comes to weight loss. I hear them say things all the time. Like I failed so many times in the past. Mm -hmm. I will always be overweight. I'm ashamed of my body. I just hate the way I look. I just, my, it's in my genes. I'll never get to this. I'll never be healthy. How do we get past those limiting beliefs? How do we start, like you saying, being that person, being Mm -hmm. that happy, confident person now, and then our life will follow because our brain will recognize this is who we are now. Right. Yep, exactly. But really the very, very, very first thing you have to do is build awareness. So I have this four pillars and and the very first pillar to mindset is your awareness. You have to start tuning in to those voices in your head. And the great thing is that we can very easily spot our limiting beliefs if we just listen to our constant chatter. So we all have this mental chatter, right? It's so much chatter. All the time. And uh, I call it the ego. Um, monkey oh, mind. <laughs> monkey mind. Yes. This mean girl voice. Right. Um, I really like the mean girl because then it's very easy to pick out your mean girl voice. You know what? I call my voice my inner fat girl. Yeah. <laughs> I go, okay. shut up, inner fat girl. Yes. Yes, exactly. So we have this voice. You can call it whatever you want. And that is the voice of essentially, it's our ego voice, but it's our 
it's voicing out our limiting beliefs. It's keeping us, trying to keep us safe. It's trying to keep us in our bubble. It's trying to keep us in our comfort zone. Um, and your limiting beliefs are stuck within your subconscious mind. They are there. Your subconscious mind doesn't know if they're true or false. It just assumes everything that you store in there is true. Yeah. And so then you, your ego voice is going with that truth, even though it's a story. We're all just making up stories as we go through life. We make up these yeah. stories, store them as truth. Nothing so, is really true. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we can get all deep in that, but I know totally it's true. Agree. Your brain doesn't know the difference about what's reality and what's not. It just goes by what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly thinking those things, of course, you're gonna, your brain's going to think that that's what reality is. Mm-hmm. And it's yep, exactly. Exactly. So all it really takes to start and this totally just snowballs. So that's why it's like, just do this and you'll get into this whole realm of of being able to decipher what's really going on in your mind, but just pay more attention. Just pay more attention to what your, your talk is, what that chatter is. And what I like to recommend people do is um, get a journal or even just get a few pieces of paper and write down what that chatter is. Write down everything your ego is saying to you um, because within that, and it will be like a mess, it'll be all over the place. It'll be super negative. It'll be very restrictive and controlling. It'll be very mean and shocking um, that you actually yeah. think those things mm-hmm. about yeah, yourself. You actually like start filling up a whole page and you're like, Oh my God, all that just went through my head about myself. I know. I wouldn't say that to my worst enemy. That's what I told exactly. you the other day. I'm like, some of the thoughts that go in my mind, I wouldn't say it to my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that, I mm-hmm. mean, I know it's, it's very, it's sad, honestly, it's very sad, but the great thing about that is that you have them all down. Um, and within that are your limiting beliefs. So you can pick out, there might be a hundred of them, (laughs) but you can pick out what those are and you can see that. And then once you kind of identified that, so you're very aware of what the stories are that you've been telling yourself for probably 10, 20, 30 years, once you have found that, then you basically can call yourself out. You know, like you said, you're like, hey, shut up, you know, inner fat girl or whatever you're <laughs> Yeah. Like that's really what you can do. You can now, I like to think of it as you almost like separate yourself. So you are you, your inner, beautiful, wonderful, perfect you. And then there's your mean girl. And when that mean girl comes out, then you can recenter into you and who you really are and see that mean girl for what she is, which is just your false stories mm-hmm. and start calling it out. Start choosing to recenter instead of going there. This year, I really started getting into all of that and learning about that and starting to meditate and read books about, you know, changing your brain and your thinking and wiring and your habits. And I'm like, wow, where has this been all my life? And I'm almost, I'm saddened that I didn't discover this sooner, but I'm also grateful because I think of people that live their entire lives Mm -hmm. and never, ever realize this. And they're just constantly living with that chatter and they just constantly just live on autopilot with these thoughts. So to end, I want to talk about, 
some action steps. So I always leave my listeners with some action steps. And I want to ask you, what action steps would you give to busy, stressed out moms that have literally been living on autopilot with the mean girl brain and haven't been paying attention at all to their mental health, that they just feel stuck with everything that's going on in their lives? Like, what can they do? I know you talked about becoming aware Mm -hmm. and starting a journal, but what else can they do? What can you recommend for them to get started on this journey of becoming unstuck? Yeah, I think my first requirement is please, please, please spend five to 10 minutes just on yourself. Like, I know you're busy. I know you got a family. I know you got a ton of things going on, but please carve out, even if I know you don't want to, but even if that means getting up 15 minutes early, earlier, but 15 minutes before your family gets up and having some me time and in that time, spending it on becoming your best self. And I really like doing it in the morning because your whole day literally changes. And especially if you are someone who's like, I have no time, do this first thing in the morning and you will be amazed at how much time opens up for you because you have set the intention. I have to, I have to interrupt you and say something because I'm so happy that you said that because I, I literally just started doing this and it changed my life. I've been wanting to get up in the morning for the longest time. And I would go like a month and do it, have a morning routine. And then I would just stop and like, you know, go back to my old habits. And I read the book, the 5am club. I don't know if you've heard of that book. I've heard of it. Yeah it's completely changed my life. So I committed to 66 days because that's how long that he says it takes to build that habit of waking up at 5am. So Mm. I work out, I do meditation, prayer, read devotionals and read some kind of like knowledge-based thing book. And then I journal and it's been, I think I'm on like week three now and I cannot tell you what a difference it's mm-hmm. done in my mental health and my mm-hmm. mindset and my thinking. It just blows my mind. So I'm so, so happy that you mentioned that. But go yeah, on. I think like, that's just one of the biggest barriers. I think so many women have, or at least it's an excuse. It's Definitely an excuse. But Definitely. What, what's really, what you're excusing really is the fact that you're almost like scared or fearful or don't want to do this work because you're afraid of what will come up. You don't want to go back to your past. You don't want to start understanding more about your stories. You don't want to release your fears, which really, I still just give yourself five to 10 minutes. It doesn't have to be a large chunk of time. You don't have to get up at 5 a.m., but give yourself a little bit of time yeah. to um, start to where you can do this and spend it all on creating a better version of yourself. Um, meditation, you've mentioned it a few times, is a no-brainer must-do for me and for every human on the planet. And if, again, we're talking, we talked about studies, there really are tons <laughs> there really of are. studies. To That's something show. you can't argue. <laughs> yeah. Like they are looking at the differences in people's brains when they do take on meditation as a practice and the results are remarkable. So you can literally completely change your brain um, by, by adopting a meditation practice. So spend that time meditating. I think that's a non-negotiable. We mentioned journaling a lot. I think journaling, whether it is getting out the negativity or working on the positive. Um, And in that, I would recommend figuring out something that you want. I think what happens when we become moms, and I'm not a mom, so I 
I'm a dog mom. A dog mom. I'm a cat mom. <laughs> so that actually is very similar because I think of them as children. Yes. But um, but I, but I do know because my sister has four kids and sh- her life is completely crazy that when this happens, we lose ourselves a lot and we kind of forget about our dreams yes. and our goals and what we want. And so then we turn to like these things like I want to lose 10 pounds when really your actual goal is to, um, you know, maybe become a really great dancer or start learning how to play the piano or the guitar or, or, um, knit a beautiful sweater. You know, like there's a million, I know that was all all kind of weird, (laughs) (laughs) but still like you can start small. Like you, what I'm saying is what I'm really getting at is we lose ourselves in our passions and our purpose and our desires when we become a mom and we can't do that. You have a desire, a dream, a goal well beyond what you're doing for yourself physically. So get rid of that even momentarily and find a deeper purpose for yourself, a deeper passion for yourself. And you may not be able to get to do it right away or to, um, you know, like spend these five to 10 minutes actually working towards that just yet, but you can envision it. You can visualize yourself there. You can feel the feelings of what that's going to bring you right now. And um, you just doing that in those five to 10 minutes, just doing that will bring you change. You will start to see these random circum, you know, um, like synchronicities to where it's like, oh, I, I have this dream of becoming a professional dancer. I'm like, no, maybe that will never happen, but now I just, this dance place opened right down the street from me and they're having this sale where I can get a membership for $3 a month. Maybe I should go do that. You know, like things will start happening if you allow that in and if you get back to what you want. It's not just about your family. It's also about you and you will be, you will just feel so good. Even just thinking about your dream, your purpose, for five to 10 minutes a day and just writing it out and being like, and just like dreaming up what that would look like. What would you look like living that dream? And what would you feel like living that dream? And how would it all go? And what would your family do around that time? And just like, just really make it, um, this vision that you have and just see what happens from there. So I really just want to encourage everyone to start dreaming a little bit, you know, and just see what happens again. Maybe you can take baby steps, And maybe that is something that starts happening for you, but just even having that vision is so, so powerful. It is. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Where could people find you? Where can people connect with you, learn more about what you do and your podcast and your website, all of that. Give us all that good stuff. Yeah. So I have a podcast unstuck that comes out twice a week. It's a mindset coaching podcast for women specifically. So we dive into, you know, everything we talked about today, plus some, plus a lot uh, on there. So you can head over there, find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Very easy. I, uh, my website is seanminer.com and I'm on Instagram at seanminer and that's pretty much me. Awesome. We'll leave all of those links in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much for coming on to the Fit Mom Squad podcast, Sean. Yeah, it was really fun. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mom Squad podcast. 
If you're looking for free resources to get you started on your weight loss journey, go to www.bsbtribe.com forward slash resources. If you're ready to take your weight loss to another level and work with me personally, I invite you to join the BSB Tribe waitlist. Spots are limited in this exclusive online community, but if you join the waitlist, you'll be the first to know when doors open up again. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you soon.